our live. Fantastic. So this will be the third of these um, chats that I've done, these Connect Live chats. And today, Ed, thank you, Ed, for joining. It's much appreciated. Glad to be here. Glad to be yeah, here. Yeah, we, um, we are probably going to, I think last week we were, I was speaking a lot about calculation groups, which are definitely the, the in thing at the moment. So that mm-hmm. was a really interesting and not in-depth discussion because once you get in-depth it just goes on forever interesting forever but i and i get confused very very quickly you know yeah Uh, but uh today as you're you seem to be very often a person of um power query and m m intellisense no oh yeah i could talk about that for 10 hours (laughs) i know right this is (laughs) It's a, it's, a, it's a source of great frustration for me sometimes with the M-Intelligence when you see um, quite often a lot of these um, updates coming from in Power BI of these fantastic new features. And um, you always, the first thing I do, the first thing I'll always do on every Power BI update is I'll go and I will check the M-Intelligence to see if it's been fixed and it has not. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's a disappointment every time. And it's, you know, IntelliSense, you know, I, I have started using Tabular Editor 3 for DAX because it has such a great IntelliSense engine. It is the best DAX editor, bar none. It's, it's better than Power BI's built in. So I love it. Um, and so I wish the Power Query IntelliSense was better. I know some people are really experts with it and they turn it off because it slows it down and it has the bugs. But mm. I need the help with, you know, you're doing a, a, a function that requires five arguments. I don't have those yeah. arguments memorized and I don't remember where is the third one the list or the fourth one the list. I don't remember. So I need yeah. that IntelliSense. Um, I can't even remember how to spell some of the formulas, you know, the, the yeah. functions are because some of them are so long. Hmm. But it's so you just have to work around it. I think that's reasonable as well. You would have for me, you'd have to have a very deep understanding of M to not need the guidance of IntelliSense. I mean, I can understand you could say, I mean, I frustrate myself sometimes as well because I know it's there. Hey, Christian, how you doing, mate? Um, I know it's there and um, I always forget, you know, I'll, and I'll have the error. I'm like, what's the error? And I look and I'll, of course I'll see the first thing that whatever, the date, date or all this type of stuff. Um, right. I think it's one of those things probably a from my perspective, so very much a consumer, a customer, that I, I always say, I can't work out why. Why is it not updated? I'm exp- and the thing is now, it's been for so long, when it does get updated, I'm expecting something like amazing, like IntelliSense updated, and also this host of fantastic new features, you know? Right. I don't know. But it, it, it does slow you down. But that being said, I, I will never get over how much I actually love and enjoy working in Power Query. Oh, it's... I do. Now, let me let me share a tip. I learned this yesterday. So I've been working with IntelliSense and Power Query for, you know, well, I guess about three years because I guess that's when IntelliSense first came out with Power Query. It used to just be, you know, mm. nothing. So you know how if you have a, you, you've built a formula mm-hmm. and it maybe has like two or three things and let's say it's a date and you mm-hmm. say, I just want the date. I don't want the date time. And so you try to wrap it yeah. with like date, what is it? Date time dot date and then open paren. So you type date time dot date or you start and then you tab and it clobbers your function. Right. So it overwrites part of your function. Yeah. So last night I'm in a user group meeting and Matt Allington's doing it. 
And he said, oh, you can, you can avoid that. If you put a parenthesis before your function, and then you go back before the parentheses, and then you start typing IntelliSense, IntelliSense will see the parentheses and not clobber the rest of your function. And I thought, that's the coolest thing in the world. You shouldn't um, have to know how to do it, but if yeah. you do, you'll save yourself some frustration. Because I had done stuff, and I'm like, I don't remember what that was. You have to escape. So, yeah, you know. So I thought that was a really cool tip. That is a cool a tip to, to break IntelliSense from breaking. Maybe you can, you can, you can tweet that later because I'm really intrigued. <laughs> so I will forget everything you just said. That's a very very cool tip, but my memory is very very tragic. Yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll kind of recreate it with an animated GIF and kind of post that because I, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And it's right. just one of those things that, you know, that's not documented anywhere. And if you mm. don't, if you've never seen it, then you won't know how to do it. Yeah. So mm. Christian saying he learned it from Matt a few months ago. So there's no telling how many yeah. people Matt has, has shown this. Exactly. So it's a really interesting, uh, just one of those little things that you discover. And I, I don't know that he discovered it, but he's he's on the he's on that train so that's yeah. good there are a huge number of things in power bi power query that are not documented but are extremely helpful mm -hmm. and i mean i'm of course docu documentation is always an extremely difficult thing to get right and there's always and the amount of things that can be done in power bi power query to actually document every single one of those things from my perspective just sound like a complete impossibility but when you discover these things it's like why why is it not written somewhere? Why do I have to find that from a person, from a, from a person, from a person, you know? Right. Um, yeah. But no, this is, what, what I always thought with, um, with, with Power Query, when I, because my, basically my journey into Power BI, I started with Power Query. And I, mm. I remember the first ever trainings I did for Power Query, I knew pretty much nothing, but I was still given the trainings because I was the only one who knew something, you know? And I was always astonished at the amount you could achieve and still can by just clicking on buttons, you know, like the transform, add a column, the right click and all these different options, the amount that you can actually do to data without actually knowing any code at all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a very easy tool to get started with. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, and, the, and the, as you get started, and I always say this in videos or colleagues or whomever, when you, when you use Power Query to always make sure that you keep the, the formula bar switched on. So you can kind of mm -hmm. see, so you kind of start to, um, to understand what's going on. One second. I've got a question here that I want to highlight, if I can do it. Uh, oh, no, one second. I haven't seen that, no, but I clicked on the wrong one, so I apologize. Here we go. Is it true that would explain that actually it's a good question uh i don't i don't I, that i don't know um it it would explain why some of the documentation for power query is it it's basically repeats itself and gives you no information um <laughs> uh, so yeah i i would love um you know kind of like what what the sql bi team did with uh dax.guide and they have all these great videos and examples, and it goes way beyond the definition of DAX. Hmm. I, 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 I want PowerQuery.guide, you know, or M.guide or whatever. Uh, because Someone right now is reserving that domain. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. It's, and, and what frustrate, frustrates me too with PowerQuery documentation, it says, okay, take a table and do this thing with it. But it doesn't hmm. show you a table. It shows you all this code that's mm. that materializes a table mm. I, you know I, i'm sorry if i'm in the matrix 
I don't see the numbers. I just see what's there. So I yeah. need the table materialized in front of me. Don't give me the code for the table. So but there I, needs to be some pictures. I think it's a really, also a really valid um, distinction that you make between the whole thing with the, with the DAX and, and the M documentation. I think because from what I see people using Power BI, like DAX is considered to be infinitely more interesting or helpful or I don't want to say cooler, but you know what I'm saying? So it seems the, to be the sexy side of Power BI for the some reason. sexy side of Power BI. I like that. I'm definitely stealing that. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, so yes, the, the, there is more on it, but also, especially when you use the example of um, Dax.guide and the Italians, they, um, it's just sometimes they quite often, it's a really step-by-step -step process. You start here, you do this, and you end up with this. And these are the steps beforehand. Whereas, mm -hmm. M or with the documentation for Power Query, as you say, it's just like, this is what you have. And it's confusing to know how you do it up until that stage or, you know I mean? It's, it's, not, it's not as clear. You have to have, a, yeah. I think, a higher level of knowledge to actually use the documentation itself, which doesn't make a lot of sense. If you need documentation, you kind of want to go from the very start, you know? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, but, it's not, you know, anybody that uses Excel can go and get the Excel documentation and learn how to use a formula. But you can't exactly. really do that with uh, with Power Query. It's it's not it's not uh, it's not written for uh, us mm. mere mortals. <laughs> I, I support this by Christopher, by the way, Ed by the domain. Yeah, uh, I just I I don't have the time. I could buy the yeah, domain. Yeah, the it would sit there. I, I have domains that I just need to you know get rid of. I, you know, everybody, you go get a domain. You go, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff, and then it's like, okay, whatever, and, and you let it expire. My, so. my process with buying a domain is usually I, I check the domain that I want and it's taken. I get frustrated at the person who bought the domain and did nothing with it. And then mm -hmm. I myself buy a domain and then I do nothing with it. Exactly. exactly. That is, that's, I think, a legal requirement, to be quite honest, at least for the first year. Yeah. If you have, a, do, have uh, a domain and, and immediately work on it, then I don't trust that at all. Yep. I, I lost my original original domain as well because I just bought it because I used to, it was used to be like powerbiguide.de mm -hmm. and I was yeah I've got it and I forget I always have on order of order renew and I didn't and it disappeared oh. I said if you want you can buy it back for six hundred euros I was yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna oh buy it back for six hundred <laughs> so they know yeah. I'll just go for the dot co anyway yeah. but yeah um, no my the the um, the, the 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 low code part element of, of of Power Query is what I've always I think because I have no real experience in code other than HTML before I got into Power Query mm -hmm. I was hesitant as to what to expect and this whole um, click here do that and the applied steps so you can really follow through what you've done step by step by step is just a beautiful thing but there are so many trainings and not even just for Power BI here I mean. It's probably more so for power, um, for Excel, actually. There's a huge number of, of trainings I see for Excel where there is no mention whatsoever of Power Query. It yeah. seems to be a, a part of Excel that so many people just maybe don't know about somehow or I don't know. And it's this yeah, powerful I, thing just sitting there. To, to me, the most the, the best thing about Excel today is Power Query uh, because... I still talk to people that spend hours every month doing the same transformations manually. Copy, paste, VLOOKUP, append, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And you know what? 
Power Query is incredibly powerful, but like you said, it's so easy to get in on the ground floor, just use mm -hmm. the menu and do yeah. those basic transformations. And then you have those macro steps, those applied steps. It's, it's the best kept secret of Excel. Yeah, it is. And um, I, I, I really, one of my strongest memories of someone using Power Query in the most bizarre way I've ever seen is I had this meeting with a stakeholder. This was quite a few years ago. And um, they did use Power Query, but they used, they used Power Query to change the, the order of the columns so that their VLOOKUP worked. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. But that, yeah, that's the kind of stuff you see. It was amazing. I just, I, I looked at it and it was in a meeting, it was in a telco. And I had to mute my mic just for the sheer level of just frustration of what happened. Because for so long, yeah, yeah, just use it. It's there. It's fantastic. You can do all this stuff. And the fantastic, the person used it for the first time. So respect, well done. It's always good to get in on, the, on a new tool. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you were so close, but you're so far. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's that's probably the funniest example I've heard. Yeah, uh, it was it was a it was a bizarre situation. But it was also the um, it took me a while to kind of realize, I will yeah, a while to realize or consider the importance that I saw so many um, examples of DAX, and I kind of thought about it for about 10 minutes. And of these examples, there are so many, where just like a little bit of work in Power Query and M would have made the DAX so much easier, so much more basic. Instead of having to do 15 lines of DAX, you could have done it in like three. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also something, something to be considered. I mean, when I started my, my current job, I was told that um, basically, what we work with as a data source is the cube. So we have we have live connection to the cube, and that's that. that this is this is what we do. It's actually not the case. I was very happy about that because my heart broke a little bit. I was like, what? So I can't do any data transformation. I can't use any Power Query. I've just got to connect straight to the cube, and then that's it. And that's what it was for for the first two months. And I was very happy when that was kind of changed. That's what I was um, that I, what it would be doing because I don't think I could enjoy Power Query quite as much without actually. I'm sorry, Power BI as much without Power Query. Yeah. What we got there. Yeah. Power back cleaners all Yes, exactly. That's why you do all the cleaner work. That's why that's why you do all the fun stuff. I think also because of the the amount of um of my first days with Power BI, I was always linking to like really random data sources and just to see what I could do. There's a maybe it's a personality aspect as well, you know, but there's a joy that you can get by taking a horrible, horrible data source and making it so it looks so beautiful and clean and prepared for its, for its load into Power BI. If you link to something horrible and then you do your transformations and then it's ready, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a particularly tidy person, but when it comes to data, there's a, that process is very, very fun. Yeah, I, I, when, when I'm building a report, you know, I'm, I might kind of wireframe what I want the report to look like and I know where I'm going with it but I will spend probably 60 to 70% of my time in Power Query getting that model because I'm a very lazy person and I don't want to create DAX measures that are 50 lines long and spend six hours in DAX Studio trying to get it to work. Um, mm -hmm. So the more I can do in Power Query or you know the source system, but usually for me, it's Power Query. I'm not a SQL person. Uh, that's what I'll do. And it just, yeah. it makes it so much easier. Yeah.
One of the th- the, th- the um the things that I'd learned the absolute hard way, and I because I'd never worked with a with a cube data source before I started my my current job, I when I was importing data from the cube and I didn't know how bad this actually was to do, I would like connect to the cube and then just use this button to get to take data to take data and not knowing that actually the far better way of doing this i hope i'm not saying anything wrong here i could be revealing more ignorance is i'm connecting to the cube i can then just use this um the what's it called again where you where you basically test the performance of the query and you prick on on copy and it brings you this whole line of code what the hell is that and then you use that the query analyzer. The performance analyzer. Performance performance analyzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I learned the hard way that I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. My boss looked at me and said, Ben, when you get the data from the cube, why is there all these like like hundreds and hundreds of cross joins? I was like, I don't know. I just click on the buttons and it, and that, 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 that's what it ends up with. And then I discovered that this is the correct way of doing it. And it was um, quite so much more efficient, shall, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, but because, again, it could, because the button's there and because you can do it with the button, you know, get more data from the cube. You can do it with this button. The assumption is that is just the right way. For example, like when you use also this um, column from examples, it's a fantastic tool to use column from examples, but sometimes it writes really weird uh, M. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, a, it's nice that you can learn from it, but you also have to learn from it and then kind of improve upon it, you know? Yeah, I I almost never use it, and I forget it's there. And sometimes I'll spend you know time googling for the the function that I need or whatever, and I, I forget about that. From example, uh, but like I mm. I I learned the text what was it text between delimiters uh, yeah. a few years ago from that column from examples. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And yeah. It's amazing how you can split data compared to you know trying to do that in Excel. Left, yeah. mid, right, find. And you can do it with like, oh, between the comma and the period, I want that data. And it's like, mm. you know, two clicks and you're done. Yeah. I feel sometimes I have PTSD from reading Excel formulas with the just 35, 40 if statements. And I just look uh, at it and I just don't, I don't know what to do. It, I it, it, If I see an Excel formula more than two lines long, I just <laughs> close Excel because I can't even read it. I have to copy it out in a notepad plus plus and it's like, okay, the parentheses go here and you kind of, you know, format it. Uh, there needs to be an Excel formatter.com mm. and Excel needs to honor that formatting. That would be quite uh, cool. I, I can't read those formulas. And if yeah, I see no. a Power BI, if I open up Power BI and it looks like these big long Excel formulas, I know I've got a mess on my hands to clean up. I must admit that that was my, my first six months of work. My first six months of work with, with Power This is obviously a long time ago. Um, so I, I've tried to to make up for my sins back then. But I, I used to, to write like that because I was used to it. I was like, okay, you just yeah. write and write. And then it wasn't until I had to go back to my earlier work and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I don't understand. And the the more complex the DACs get, of course, the harder, when it's just, you know, calculate some, mm-hmm. then okay, it's not the end of the world. Sure. But when you start adding stuff to that, yeah, then it just, you, you start to understand how massively important the formatting actually is. Yeah. But and then I, sorry. But that's I have a macro in tabular editor and it goes mm. through and it formats all the code mm. and then it copies the code and puts it in the description so that when you hover over the measure in the model, the tooltip shows what the measure is and it's all formatted and it's all perfect. And that's so pretty cool. I use that all the time. 
Yeah, I learned that from uh, Reed Hayes, uh, Havens. Okay. So he, I like he, that. that's his code and he's got it. And I, I, I stole it from his website, uh, but I use it every day, multiple times. Nice. Okay. Multiple I'm going to have a look at that. I might also give that yeah. a, bit, a bit of a theft, by the way. I just need to correct myself here because um, you're asking the question what about career is it like performance analyzer? Uh, okay. Yeah. Have you ever used the, the query diagnostics? I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of it. It's, yeah. and again, I'm just not smart enough to understand the results. I, I dig through it and I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. And I move on. If, if you're trying to fix a problem, I think it's helpful. If you're trying to optimize your code, mm. I haven't been able to make it useful. So yeah, it's not user-friendly. I don't think it is either. It's, it came, the, some of these, these, these options they all came to update pretty much at the same time. And a few of them were helpful. But what I, I could be wrong in saying this, but it was also under the impression that it's based on the first 1,000 rows. Uh, typically, yes. There's always yeah. a top 1,000 that's issued yeah. when, you're, when you're in the, in the tool. So I didn't, never really understood the value of that, to be honest. If I've got a few million rows and it showed me based on the top 1,000, it's a very, very small percentage to be doing diagnostics from. Um, well, because if it pulled in the million, you can no, no, it while it worked. No, no, I understand. I, I understand why it has that limitation, but I feel the limitation yeah. just devalues it somewhat, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I could be nitpicking. You know? I'm, we're having this conversation. I, I, I am a, a massive, massive, as I said before, fan of Power Query. It's fantastic. But I think it's mm -hmm. the standard thing that we do with Power Query and Power BI. We use it. But we also kind of complain about, <laughs> complain about it quite a lot as well, you know? Yeah, the um, someone mentioned before how you can you can click on the buttons. I think this one you cannot break anything. I brought this up before. This is true. The um, you can click on anything to see what's the outcome, and you you can't break anything, which is which is largely true. There's, there's one exception to that. Mm -hmm. If you delete a step, you can't fix that. Yeah, there's no undo, and I cannot yeah. tell you how many times I have clicked on something and it didn't work. And then I like click again, and then I found that it did work. And then I deleted another step. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I had been working for half an hour on a list generate, and I deleted it. I thought I was going to be sick. That's pretty brutal. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So that, is... that undo is not there. So that's the the delete button on the applied steps is the one thing you can you can break something. Not your data, but oh my gosh. Yeah. One second, in Excel, there's, there's an undo feature? Is this what's been said here? Because this is news to me. I didn't know that either. That's So that's interesting. Unless, unless I'm misreading that comment, please, please, Christian, let me know. Because if you have, if you have it in Power, if you have an Excel in Power BI, I'd be very upset. Yeah. <clears throat> because See, I feel I like Power because, BI, we should go up. I don't even like doing Power Query in Excel that much because I can't go back to Excel. I'd rather fool with it in Power BI and then I can work on it and then I can copy it back over. But mm -hmm. the, the Excel editor, um, it locks my, my data file. You know, you can't go back into Excel without close and apply. Yeah, okay. So I'll connect to the data in Power BI, model it there, then I'll copy and paste it back. Okay. I'll see. So I, didn't, I, I knew it had Control-Z in the editor, but yeah. I've never seen it undelete a step. Exactly. For sure. That's... I'll, but I knew it worked in the formula bar. So I'll have to try it. Oh, no, wait a second. I, I, I'm feeling a bit of a backtrack coming here. Yeah. At I least think it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it works in the formula bar and it works in the advanced editor. It doesn't yeah. work when you actually delete a step, or at least yeah. I've never seen it work that way. Yeah. The, the advanced edit is also really a, a, a bold place to go. I think the first time I managed to actually do some proper editing inside the advanced editor and I wasn't terrified and it worked, that was a big moment for me. Yeah. Because when you first start and you look at it, this is also a thing that you always bear in mind that if you do something in the advanced editor, I always just copy paste before I make any changes just in case I do something terrible so I can just yeah. paste in the old version because, oh my God, I've seen yeah. someone in, in a training as well talk about the advanced editor and then they accidentally made a change and they clicked on okay. And then like during a training, when that happens, it's just like the worst feeling because you kind of mm -hmm. pause for a second. Okay, I've got to try and play this cool and pretend that I know what I'm doing and try and fix this with everyone not knowing that I just made a terrible mistake. I think the, the most frustrating thing that happened to me during a, a Power BI training, I used to go to um, travel to a city in, in Germany called Ludwigshafen. It is not a pleasant city. It's just basically a massive factory. And um, had this like room full of quite, it was quite, quite a sterile uh, atmosphere. The people are very nice, but like very, very professional business kind of, not what I'm really used to, you know? And on the second day that we gave three day trainings, on the second day of the training, there'd been a really massive Power BI update. <laughs> so much stuff had changed, like the, the look of the program, where things were. I think this is back when the the um, adding your own custom theme moved from wherever it used to be to now under the view. Just the, a massive change of Power right. BI. I opened it and I just thought, and I realized I just couldn't find like half of what I needed to find. It was just very very embarrassing. I've never be done so much um, BSing, I shall say, during a training that I did on, on that particular day. It was pretty heavy. Yeah, I I make sure. I, so, you know, I use the store version, which yeah. auto updates. Yeah, absolutely. But when I'm training, I use the downloadable install. So it cannot auto update because that's the last thing I want is, okay, I'm going to start training and holy cow, I just got a new version and I don't know, you know, Usually they're pretty minor, but every once in a while, like, you know, back in, what was it, February this year, they completely changed the model view mm. yeah. for the better. But I don't want to be stumbling around in a training with that going on. So I always have two versions installed on my computer. That's actually a good idea. Just to, before you do any training, just open the, yeah, because I always, I always have this thing during the training is when you open it and people you do, before the training i will say make sure you have power bi desktop stored on your on your device because the number of people who don't on every single training there's always one person for me who, who doesn't have it which is hilarious to me like you go into any yeah. training like oh, here's a microsoft word training do you have microsoft word no okay um but the people will check and say yep i have power bi stored on my on my device but it hasn't been up it's it's the desktop version um the, the, uh -huh. the website version and it hasn't right. been updated since like 2018 or something mm -hmm. and it's like yeah this is going to be challenging right now i had a training like that a few months ago and it okay. was okay let's open it up and, and you send the email download the link or get it from the store get a recent version two or three months old is fine mm. And inevitably, somebody says, mine says February 2019. Is that going to be okay? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it is what it is. The, 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 the trainings are fun, but they have their own, own special challenges that come with them. And that's, uh, and the, the, my, the difficult thing for me was um, since the pandemic, um, all the, of course, all the trainings have been online, but they've also been cut down. So my previous company, we did like two or three days training. 
And my current company, it used to be one day training, but now all Power BI trainings that I give since the pandemic have been an online mm -hmm. three, th three hour training to get any amount of information into a three hour Power BI training when the first half hour is people who don't have it installed or have these issues that you, you inevitably have, can't access the data. My God, right. it's such a, it, I've learned a lot of new skill sets. Probably the most important one being patience mm -hmm. um, since the, the Power BI training in the pandemic. It's, it's mad. It's What's this? Tough. Three versions, store version, RS version, and beta version. Oh, yeah. I don't want the uh, report server. I try to stay away from that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. One second. Three hours. Three hours is nothing. Three hours is indeed nothing. I completely agree. Yeah. It's um, yeah. You, you, you pack in what we can try to pack in, but you don't. You, you just touch bits and pieces. You know, the report saving. Yeah. On know, you know good. online training. I mean, it is what it is. The pandemic and and et cetera. And I, I don't think we're ever going to completely go back to on-prem. You know, I think companies have got this hybrid mentality. And, and, you know, we're not always going to be from at home, but I think it's going to be a little bit of both. But doing the online training is tough because mm. you you say you talk for 30 minutes and you say, any questions and it's just dead silence. Yeah. And you're like, Bueller, Bueller, anyone, <laughs> anyone. You know, I feel like that scene in the movie. Yeah. And it's it's mentally exhausting. It's tired. It's more tiring to me to do an online training than an, than an in-person. Because there's, yeah. if, if everybody's in the room and you're talking to them, there's feedback and you know what's going on. You can immediately see who's confused and you can yeah. see who's lost. Online, you have no idea because everybody's camera's off. And then, and then you know, you're 20 minutes into it and somebody goes, wait a minute, back here when you said connect to Excel, I can't get that to work. And I'm like, yeah. hey, we're, we're 20 steps past that. Yeah. And you, yeah. you have to help them. You want to help them. Mm. But you could have detected that in an in-person training much quicker. So it's challenging. Yeah, because you I, and because you always say like in the in-person training or, or both actually that you know if you have any questions you get stuck let me know but in the in-person training you can see a facial expression you can see someone mm -hmm. start to get frustrated or to blank out or yeah. or they start to talk to the person next to them asking them if yep. they can help so you you go to it but yeah that's actually it's a very good point it's it's um what can you do you know and then on mute yeah. And the, and the online training as well, if the person has an issue, then they have to share their screen. Everyone then goes to, to their screen, you have a look at it, and uh, it's challenging equals it sucks. This is actually true. Yeah. It's the only thing I kind of miss about being in the office. I love home office. I really love being in my office. Um, but when it comes to Power BI trainings, it's just also, the, it's a strange thing. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's the kind of way when you give them the training, you can kind of like walk around and I find it easier to kind of express myself when I'm gesticulating or pointing at a big beamer on the on the wall than sitting on my on my desk. You know, I think I'm quite mm -hmm. a I'm a, a walky movie type person than a sit down when I when I, when I give a training. And um, yeah. that's just where it is. Yeah. So Christian says that he would ask the students to stay with the camera on, and I would prefer to do that. Unfortunately, some people don't have the bandwidth to do it. Yeah. So yeah. If, if they have the camera on, then, you know, they're stuttering and whatever. So yeah, um, this is a, a big problem in Germany as well, because the Internet in Germany is just it, certainly in some places just an absolute joke, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I have colleagues who are on like really have amazingly fast Internet and other people who are still got their, their copper going on. 
and mm-hmm. it's just um it, it's it's not it's not doable to be honest so yeah you, i would of course to ask is always a good idea but when it's not possible it's just kind yeah, of stuck with what you just, got you know it is what it is yeah so. yeah but it's okay <clears throat> romania yeah this is look this is true honestly this is a top five internet speed in romania when you have a look at all these the, the, the countries with amazing internet i've always noticed that romania is, is is very good germany people get surprised quite often how bad germany is for internet but it's just shocking for everything i've had colleagues also who um again we used to travel from from berlin to Ludwigshafen on the train, just like a five and a half, five and a half hour train journey. It's nice. You sit down, relax, like have a beer, have a chat, whatever. But in Germany, when you leave a city on the train, you won't have any signal on your phone. So you can basically, if, if when the train stops in a, in a station, your, your, your signal might come back, your network coverage might come back. But as soon as you're on the train again, going to a different city, the internet will just completely drop out. Hmm. And I've had a, a colleague who was from Brazil and he was doing his nut in, like literally starting to rant about how, <laughs> how is it possible sometimes I can go to like the, um, I can be like somewhere in, the, in, in a rainforest and have, and have signal. But here in Germany, I'm in, in a countryside. It's, it's yes. Unfortunately, yes, yes, very way. It's, That's amazing. It's not even 3G. No, no, no. Like what's this thing? Um, e and stuff like you're sitting there and you got like E on your phone with one bar. It's like fantastic. I, uh, I will now do literally nothing. I mean, you can start a conversation, of course. But do the trains not have Wi-Fi? Okay, so some of the newer trains do. Um, okay. So and the Deutsche Bahn, the the German train company, they have Wi-Fi, but it's very new, and it is um, laughably bad in some places. It just, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I've been on. It might have improved, obviously. I haven't been on a train for, for a couple of years, for obvious reasons. Um, right. And I haven't traveled, and before the pandemic, I hadn't really traveled um, for, for, for work for about a year and a half before that. So I would say around about 2019, they would just, I think it was just getting rolled out and it was still pretty bad. So now maybe it's better, but it, it's, it's, it's pretty poor. It's actually very poor. There's actually, I was watching a documentary the other day about the, the reasons that this, the internet is so bad in Germany. Obviously, I won't go into it now because it's pretty political. Um, but there's, it's, it's strange. You'll have like some towns, like on one side, they have very fast internet. But on the other side, the whole copper cabling stuff was never replaced. So they have like two, what is it? Two, the download rate of two, whatever. And on mm-hmm. the other side of the town, they'll have like what, a couple of hundred. So. Yeah, it just it, it depends on how advanced they were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. America has been notorious for having poor wireless hmm. and poor Internet because we were leading the world with copper telephone lines back in the 50s, 60s and 70s. OK. And so we had this great phone system and then wireless started. And it's like, well, but we have this great phone system. What do we need to invest in this for? Whereas countries that didn't have great phone systems are like, well, forget the wired. Let's just go wireless. Hmm. And so Europe is enjoying 3G and we're still, what was it? 1X RTT and, you know, basic, I mean, just garbage. And, you know, so we've caught up. We've got, we're getting 5G. I don't know. That's kind of, I don't care about 5G. I don't know anybody that does. Uh, I'm, as long as I got LTE, I'm fine. I've, my phone says 5G. It doesn't look any faster to me. Yeah. Um, but even internet, internet here is, is it's so politicized. 
getting broadband from the cable companies. Uh, it's, mm. it's ridiculous. The, the cost and the speed is pathetic. Yeah. We, so. it's, get, it's getting slightly better over here in regards. I mean, I used to be that if you'd move into a house in Germany, or I'll say Germany, I mean Berlin. I live in Berlin. If you move into an apartment or a house in, in Berlin, that sometimes you'd be sitting for like two weeks, two and a half weeks with no internet because I had to come and like switch it on or mm-hmm. get the connection done, which is always very frustrating. But it, it is getting better. But getting better means like it's, it's at a place where it should have been like 10 years ago, which I'm sure you can relate to by right. what you've just said. Um, but yes, uh, for a few of the comments are related to infrastructure. It all in Germany comes back to the whole um, stuff with the, the GDR and then the, the countries coming together and then something like with Helmut Kohl had a plan to do something and then never happened. And I'm not going to get into it. It's a, getting very, very interesting, but somewhat off the topic of yeah. <laughs> what we discussed. But internet basically is a, a very important aspect when it comes to pretty much everything in our lives. So, of course, when it comes to power BI training as well, because you need that, that good signal. Uh, yeah. 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 But, uh, I was looking before I was thinking, I was just, um, actually going through some of my, um, old, old queries. And I used to, um, one of the first things I did with, with power BI, it was, I used to do, um, web scrapes to get data from, forget sports data, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I've always really enjoyed is I'm not. I never even checked if there's a better way of doing this. Is when I know when you have a website and it has no actual table, there are ways of of getting that data. But I always thought it was really good fun. And again, not fun because it's some some kind of amazing best practice, but it's just fun because you're making a mess out of basically HTML. I love getting Power BI to or sorry Power Query to read the HTML and from that construct the um your your data based on that so you if you use like go to the website and you right click and then you analyze that particular point in the code i really love doing that when you have a website where it has no structure seemingly no structure whatsoever and from that you can you can kind of create structure and i used to have these so, yeah please so i don't i don't scrape a lot of data from the web i just have not had that need have you used the new uh the new web, you know, data from web table kind of helpers that Power Query has come out with in the last couple of years, especially in Power BI. Has that been helpful for you? I used, do you mean where you kind of enter the data and it kind of from the data that you enter, it starts to construct? Yeah, based on the web tables. Like I've done it with text yeah. files and Excel files, but I've never done it with the web. And it's kind of like these table inferences and it comes up yeah. with some pretty cool code. I've played with it, but I've never used it in production. I've played with it, but I never got it to do what I wanted to do. I always found that maybe it was me doing something wrong, but it will always tell me from my input, it couldn't actually create a table. Hmm. So maybe it's yeah. me doing something wrong, but actually it's, it, it's a good, but there are a couple of things that have, that exist in Power Query, which I've never fully understood why they don't work, how I feel they should work. And I suppose the issue is probably me, that's reasonable, but, an example of that is, I mean, I work with APIs quite often and I love mm-hmm. working with APIs because they're really interesting because they're half nightmare because they're all different and the structure is always something. But the Power Query API option has never worked particularly well for me. I always just start a blank query, especially if you're having like an API key or you have to use a key plus like a, a token. Oh, Okay. I always find that really hard to do, or actually I'll say differently. I always find that impossible to do in Power Query using the actual connector for API. And 
for the searches that I've done, the, the Google, of course, Google searches I've done for this, I've never set, had anyone say, yeah, use this the web API. <laughs> Sorry. Sean, come on. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's a terrible joke, but it's fantastic. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but I've never actually seen anyone say, yeah, the, the web API works really well and it just does what it does. And this is where you enter the key and you'll get all the results. I've always had to just play around with it or use like a, com a combination of different things that you find on the community website that will finally give you what you want it to, uh, to give. It's quite strange. Yeah, I, I help out on the Power BI community quite a bit, uh, mm -hmm. and I tend to gravitate towards the Power Query forum. But when it comes to the API stuff, I just have never had that opportunity. Okay. And I kind of, I'll leave it, you know, MK will come in and she'll like, oh, yeah, just do this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. But it does seem to be a little bit troublesome. It's not quite the yeah. simple, you know, it's not like connecting to a bunch of files on SharePoint. You've got to do some, oh, yeah. some, some yeah. work. Maybe I could do some, maybe like a little video about that. It's difficult because all the APIs I use tend to be for work, so I can't really, I can't really use that in a video. I can't, I'll get right. my own. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Where do you go and get an API to test with? I, I, you know, I'm sure there are some out there, but most APIs, it's like business. You can't let people play with that. The couple that I use, there are actually some really good examples. There's one API that I use, which is completely open, which is, I think, on every single video I've ever made for YouTube, pretty much. It's either a weather data or football data. And they're both APIs. Mm -hmm. So the football data is like fantasy football, yeah? Or soccer, you know? And um, they have a really fantastic API, but you don't need to use a key because it's completely open. So mm -hmm. for practicing that sort of thing. But there is another, there's a company called, in Germany called High Street. Then for that, you do need a key, but you can just request one they give one to you. And they basically track how many people go down certain streets at certain times of the day. So it's pretty weird data, but hmm. it's really good That'd if you want to test. And, and, yeah, it is quite cool. I'm sorry, just, uh, I saw a question for you there. So uh, do, do you, you have, have a hand on how to include the numbers? Uh, I'd have to look at it. I don't. The, so the, the splitter dot split text by delimiter. I've never used that function just outright. You know, if, if it's in the code and I tweak it, but that's one of those functions. There's a few functions that I just, I don't just, if I'm in the advanced editor, I have to go get help with that one. Mm -hmm. It okay. seems to me to be a little bit more complex than it probably yeah. should be, but it's doing a lot of stuff. Reasonable. Also, Johnny actually makes a very good point. There is a protocol postman, which I do have on my computer, which I very rarely use. Um, not because it's not, okay. yeah, not because it's not very good. I just always forget about it actually. And I used Postman a couple of times when I was first testing the APIs of certain companies, but then I just went back to just doing it inside the PBX. I don't know why. I don't know. I think that's just my preferred way of working with it. I had Postman had Postman sitting there for so long. Um, but yes, I think there aren't a huge number of uh, APIs that I know that you can just connect to. So when I have two or three, I just always use those because um, they're there. And yes, Johnny's completely right. There is um, there is Postman. So if you want to look at it, use Postman. It's not bad at all. Actually, on the note of, um, of Johnny, thank you very much for the information. Also, I have a little graphic there. Next week, Johnny actually will be on talking to me next oh, week. So you can see cool. more, thing, more things like that 
from uh, Johnny next week. We'll, we can discuss APIs and Postman as well as I'm sure. You know, calculate, <laughs> uh, calculation groups. See, you've, you, you've given yourself a topic there, mate. This is this is this is very good news. Um, but yeah. It's just one of the things I I connect to and just like it because, like I say, there's a certain joy in, in Power Query of just creating something from. And also, it's a really good thing with APIs to, to um, looping through data, you know, mm -hmm. when you create your parameters. APIs, yeah. APIs always, always need that. And um, yeah. One second. I say I said that, and I've I've got the calculation group chat going again. Calculation groups. It's such a it's such a hot topic right now. It's making me feel. It's making me think. Okay, something else new that I have to learn to keep up with the, with the trend. You know. I just I just met with a client, and we just solved a thorny problem in in DAX using calculation groups. Yeah. That it, um, you might have been able to do it without calculation groups, but it mm. would have been one of these ridiculous things with fifteen nested switch statements and all this stuff in a calculation group is like, oh, five lines of DAX and boom, yeah. you're done. Yeah. Like, awesome. Yeah, it, so, it, it's very, very awesome. You can, I can't get around that, to be honest. I think it's because stuff like I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm learning and I'm getting there. And then you've got people like Johnny and Bernat and other people posting these most amazing things that are kind of like 10 steps ahead. I'm like, okay, one second, one second. Let me, let me, think, about, let me think about this. And then, yeah, it, it's like anything else, though. I played with calculation groups about a year or so ago, maybe two years okay. ago when they came out and it didn't click with me. And so but until you start working with it day in and day out, it's like it to me, it's like I almost will overuse calculation groups now. And I'm, and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't need to. I could just do a simple switch. <laughs> it's five lines of code in this one measure and I'm good. And so I have to, you know, it's like anything else, right? It's it's the famous answer. It depends. Uh, so yeah. right tool for the right job. But I do yeah. love calculation groups. Yeah. I think so. there's just there's this wonderful joy of just like sitting there and right clicking and all the measures are made. And then you right click again and then all the time intelligence stuff's done. It's like, that's right. I just saved yeah. myself two hours. <laughs> yeah. If, for that, if, for that yeah, alone just, is a wonderful. It is. It is. Yeah. But yeah, cool. So that, that's sorry. That's the 40, 45 minutes. They, for me, they whiz by. I hope it wasn't too painful for you. I really enjoyed chatting no, to you. And very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. All, all things. It's a good chat. And, and who knew, and this is the, I love the direction that these things go and who knew would end up talking about edge internet on German trains and exactly. me mentioning Hamel. It's, it, it gets a bit random, but that's, that's the, the, the sheer joy of it. You know, nobody realized that was so closely related to power BI. Exactly. <laughs> I just and also I, I just realized I made a graphic that I was going to try and use through the through this conversation and I didn't use it so I was gonna, I'm just going to use it now because I was going to think yeah I'm just going to use it now. Yeah. I was thinking about how when you first use Power Query you don't need to have code because you can just click exactly. on the buttons and I thought code and I thought I could come up I I'll always enjoy coming up with a really really bad pun and that was my really bad pun for this particular um, topic so there you go just just force using it. Cool. Anyway, thank you very much to everyone for all the questions and, and, and reactions and keeping us going and all that kind of stuff. It was very good fun. And of course, thank you, Ed, very much for your taking oh, part. I enjoyed it. And for always being there to mock M Intelligence with me. Our solidarity <laughs> in that area is, is a joy. Yeah, hopefully we'll, maybe we could talk again and, and it'll be fixed by then. That would be a cool idea. Do like a, like a celebration yeah. session. And exactly. we can just sit there and 
share of screens as M IntelliSense works and we just sit there just with unbridled joy. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Exactly. That's a good idea. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care and see you next week. Thanks.